Good evening. It's Good Friday 2020, and like all the other things, we can't meet as we normally would on Good Friday here to church and uh, get together and remember what Christ did for us. But as we do get together this evening on Good Friday, I want to take some time and look at Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 11, and kind of look at the questions as to why did Jesus have to die? How did Jesus end up on that Roman cross? And remember the truth and kind of look at the truth once again that we talked about last week is we really did need Jesus to die for us. Before we jump into that, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 53. We're going to read that here in a minute. But I do want to say thank you to our church family. Those of you who have sent your offerings and tithes to the church so we can continue paying the bills that we have. Uh, we've decided at the last board meeting that we weren't going to spend any money unless we absolutely had to that we wanted to kind of watch what we were doing because we weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, even with that, last week the mower to cemetery started leaking oil real bad. So it is now to shop. We're not real sure what's going to happen with that to this point. Uh, so you see, we still have bills. So if you can and you want to, go ahead and send them to the church. Uh, Russell will pick them up and uh, make sure they get deposited. But I just wanted to say thank you to all those who have and or will. So thank you for doing that. Also, before we get started, do remember Larry and Sandy Rollins. Uh, Larry starts chemotherapy the Monday after Easter, and he will have five straight days of therapy. He'll have four weeks off, go back for another five straight treatments. This is to get his body ready for the bone marrow transplant that he will have shortly thereafter. So keep them in your prayers as they go through this time. And also a praise. It's Facebook official, so I can say it. Ricky and Brianna Lewis is expecting a new baby November of 2020. So we celebrate with them. We also pray that God will be with them during this time as Ricky is on the road quite a bit, driving the truck, uh, the new job that he has started. So be with them, be with their family. Congratulations to the grandmas and grandpas and all the family that will be celebrating with them. So let's get started this evening. That looking at Isaiah 53 and what Jesus did for us. Let's read verses 4 through 11. It says this, Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquity bear their iniquities. Folks, understand what he is trying to get to us. Isaiah is seeing what's going to happen in the future and what Christ will go through, go through for us 
during this Easter season. So the question is this, that has been asked for over 2,000 years. Why did Jesus have to die? How did Jesus end up on a Roman cross? You see, when we read the Gospels, the record looks something like this. It says he was a good man. In fact, it says he was a very good man who went about doing good. Even his enemies, those people that didn't like him, even testified to his integrity. He couldn't be bribed or pressured or threatened or intimidated. In fact, the scriptures say that all the people were talking about him, that he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he caused the blind to see, he made the lame to walk, and he preached the good news to the poor. You see, even the common people heard him gladly. So how did Jesus end up on the Roman cross? What crime did he commit that would allow this seeming miscarriage of justice to happen? And you see, the question is asked, and it's not hypothetical, why and how did this happen? Mel Gibson's movie that came out in 2004 actually was a mega hit in that time. And the question hit the headlines. Even the news for a brief time was talking about Jesus and talking about his death and what it meant. Even in response to the movie, John Piper wrote a short book called 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die. And when you read it, his statement in the beginning says this, says the most important question of the 21st century is, why did Jesus Christ come to die on page 11? You see, not many people would say the most important question was, why did Jesus die? That's the most important question of the 21st century. But we might ask today, why is there so much suffering in the world? Will there ever be peace in the world? Or even the question of how can I know God? And even today as we're going through this coronavirus thing, people ask, will, will we ever get back to normal? And I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I hope we get back to a new normal, a more healthy normal, a God-honoring Normal, And I hope and pray that that happens, although history tells us that will only happen for a short time and we'll go back to our old bad habits. But these questions are still being asked today. But if you dig just a little bit deeper, you can see what John Piper is trying to get at. And of all the other great questions of our time, you lead us back to the ultimate question about God and his purpose for the world. And the question is this. We will never understand God until we understand the cross. Just think about that for a second. We will never, never understand God until we understand the cross. And no chapter helps us more, I think, than Isaiah 53. You see, in this message, we're approaching what some people call the Mount Everest of the Old Testament. In fact, Spurgeon called this chapter the Bible in miniature, the gospel in its essence. You see, it's as if Isaiah has this front row seat at Golgotha and is personally witnessing the terrible sufferings of Jesus. You see, this is the very heart of the gospel. It's the heart of the heart, and it comes out in Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6, because no passage is more clearly expressed as to the why behind the death of Christ. So as we look at this verse, I want you to see in these verses how many times Isaiah uses certain words. I mean, take time, circle these words in your Bible, it's okay. 
I've got them circled in mind because I want them to jump out at me to give me a better understanding. You see, when Isaiah uses our and we and us as to why Jesus did what he came to do, it says our griefs and our sorrows. It says we esteemed him. It's our transgressions, our iniquities. It was his chastisement brought us peace. It says with his wounds, we are healed. It even says we are the ones that went astray. We have turned. It says the iniquities of us all were laid upon him. You see, nothing in this passage makes sense until you feel the full weight of this truth. That what Jesus did, he did for us. And we need to understand that. He died for us. He suffered for us. The pain and brutality and the indignity of that cross, it was all for us. You can see it. We needed Jesus to die for us. From our perspective, we may say that Jesus was betrayed and tried. He was beaten and mocked. He was humiliated and crowned with thorns. He was convicted, yes, even in the kangaroo court. He was falsely accused. He was beaten until his skin was shredded. He was forced to carry his own cross. And then he was publicly crucified, the most brutal form of execution of his day. But you see, if we focus on those events, we may come to the conclusion that Jesus shouldn't have died. That all this that took place was this huge mistake. That somehow in the powers of the darkness, that darkness finally triumphed over the light. But you see, the Bible never denies the moral responsibility of those who put Jesus to death. You even read in Acts 2.23 where Peter says, This Jesus, catch this, that you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So it was perfectly proper for us to say that Jesus was murdered by his enemies. And yes, his blood is on their hands, but that's not the end of the story. In fact, it's far from it. The Bible writers unite to declare that Jesus laid down his own life. That the truth is, no one took his life from him. J.C. Ryle offers this perspective comment. He says, he did not die because he could not help it. He did not suffer because he could not escape. All the soldiers of Pilate's army could not have taken him if he had not been willing to have been taken. This could have hurt. They could not have hurt a hair on his head if he had not given them permission. You see, that brings us to the real message of Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. As you read these verses, let our hearts be warmed by the thought that Jesus died on purpose, not by accident, so that sinners like you and me could be saved. You are the we, and so am I. You and I are the us for whom Christ died, for whom Christ suffered. You see, our Lord's suffering was not his fault. It was ours. And the more personally we read this passage, and as we look at this passage, we understand all those we's and I's is me, is you. Then we can begin to understand more the death of Christ, what it's meant for us. 
You see in verse 4 of Isaiah 53, it says, He took our pain. When Isaiah speaks of what Christ has done for us, he was not guilty of sin. And that's just the start. That comes later. He begins instead with our infirmities. The text says that Christ has carried our sorrows, our griefs, away. In the Hebrew, it meant to carry away a heavy load. It was used in Leviticus 16 for the scapegoat who carried away the sins of a nation during that time. That's the idea here, that Jesus came to lift that heavy burden of sadness that was brought on by our sin and the pain of living in a sinful world. You see, Christ has borne our griefs. And maybe perhaps you know the famous gospel song that starts this way. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. We may have many griefs because we live in this fallen world. We may have sorrows because we ourselves are fallen people, but we need someone who can bear our grief when the burden is just too much for us to carry. You see, he promises that our pain will not have the last word. Our sorrows will not last forever. Jesus has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. So we can remember that and we can praise God for that. But also in verse five, it says he took our punishment. It says he was pierced, literally with a spear in his side. It says he was crushed. And when you look that word up, we get the idea, but it means pulverized, broken, ground into pieces. That upon him was the punishment, that he was beaten with a whip to shreds, it reads, by his wounds, his body cut, his body bruised, his skin literally flayed open for us. I want you to understand this. No other gods in the world today have wounds. Where else can you find a savior like this? You see, it's not always understood that Jesus died in terrible pain. If you would run the clock back from three o'clock in the afternoon to the moment of his death to about one o'clock in the morning and review what happened to Jesus as he moves through those hours, what you discover is that our Lord has been through 14 hours of torture, 14 hours. I mean, just remember, he was arrested in the middle of the night. It says he was slapped, he was pushed around, he was mocked, he was slapped again, crowned with thorns that went into a scalp. It says he was scourged with a large strap studded with bits of bone and stone and metal. That says he, they literally ripped his beard out. He was beaten. Mark fourteen sixty five says he was hit with man's fist. He was forced to carry his cross. It says, nails driven through his hands and feet. Then he was crucified. You see, at this point, at this point, we kind of look at the question, was Jesus a failure? And you can make a good case that the answer is yes. I mean, just look at his life. And when you look at all the things that he did, but now it seems all is lost. That Jesus did indeed die. On that cross. And many people today will argue the point. 
And they have all these theories that people, somebody stole his body and all these other things going on. But we know the truth. And even though people of that day may have thought it's over, this guy who we thought was the Messiah is now dead. I mean, just look at his life. He was born into an unimportant family, literally lived in an unimportant village. He was ignored. He was taken for granted. He was laughed at. When he speaks, the powers that be wanted nothing to do with him. He faces ridicule and opposition and misunderstanding all of his life. In the end, he was crucified like a criminal. His sufferings in the last few hours are unspeakable. And when he dies, it appears to be yet another forgotten footnote in history. Working with the facts on one level, you can make a case that our Lord was a failure. So think about this. His death is not the end of the story. Jesus did not fail in what he came to do. He perfectly fulfilled his father's will. My son-in-law posted this on Facebook this morning from Bob Goff. It simply said this. I want to close with this. It said, darkness fell. His friends scattered. Hope seemed lost. But heaven just started counting to three. Because we know three days later, he rose. We'll see you Easter morning. Take care and God bless.